Hello friends, how are you? Hope all is good and you're treating yourself well. My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess Podcast. And I am absolutely over the moon to be joined by probably one of the best guests I've had on so far. She's a mental health advocate, an angel card reader, a spiritual teacher, a poetry writer, a mindfulness practitioner, and she's an overall feckin' legend, and she's also my little sister, and the the, the youngest of the Dueling Offspring, the youngest of seven, and uh, I'm absolutely chuffed and delighted to have her on for an old app. So Susie Poo, how are you? Well, Colm, that was some intro, I have to say, if my head wasn't big enough now, we've fallen off the bleeding table. But um, I have to say, when God was making our family, he didn't make any mistakes. He knew what he was doing. He said, I saved the best for less. No, sure, look, <laughs> what, what did he say? I reckon, there's a note in every tree, yeah? There's a note in every family tree. And there's seven in ours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I come from a perfectly normal, dysfunctional family. So how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I have to say. I'm a little bit nervous, but it's a good thing that you are a walking monk and you calm people down for a living or I'd probably be having a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us all about your mental breakdown. <laughs> well, anyway, my therapist thinks. <laughs> how's your mental breakdown going today? Yeah, it's going well, you know, different day of the week. Oh, you know, well, you, know you know what they say, breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. You exactly, know, you don't yeah. find the light in the light, you find the light in the dark. I love that. That's how I yeah. light all the candles. Give yes. a candle light in front of us today and it feels very peaceful and very spiritual around here. And I said to Colin, this one's going to take it to Hollywood. So yeah, this you're is welcome. The, this, I'm going to forward this on to fucking Oprah Winfrey and, and the light and Joe Rogan. And Joe the Rogan who? <laughs> Who's Joe? Joe who? Right, so Sue, so, I suppose I, I, we'll get into the wellness. For you, what do you think makes a strong mindset? So there are a lot of contributing factors in having a positive mindset, but the, like there, more than anything, the most important thing is ultimately the, your daily habits. What you do in your daily routine leads to a positive mindset in regards to when you're eating well, if you're eating healthy, if you're regularly working out, if you're regularly meditating, and most importantly, it's your attitude for gratitude to be able to look at life as a glass half full, to see the silver lining through every cloud and ultimately not to take life too seriously. But my most important mission for this podcast and what I want, what I'm here to share to people is that we are so unbelievably surrounded by extra help and support from a divine guidance that we, can, we may not be able to see it, but we can feel it. The more we connect into ourselves, the more we connect into our life purpose, the more we feel good and grounded in ourselves, the more you will unlock that key to just a beautiful life where you're completely surrounded by that un- unknown force. And that's my most important mission to let people know about that because it's helped me more than I can possibly come to explain it has saved my life in so many ways in times of turmoil anytime I've ever gone through a hard time anytime I have ever been at breaking point there'll be a few it's life you're going to be challenged (laughs) if it wasn't challenging it'd be boring do you know what I mean (laughs) but every time I've ever gone through a hard time I have had that life support line and that's what I'll call it it's like when I meditate in the morning column I'm plugging myself into a charging dock and like one of my favorite inspirational speakers and spiritual teachers is Dr. Wayne Dyer and I've listened to him on YouTube and Louise Hay since I've been a really really young girl spirituality has always been something I've been interested in our whole family were always we're all the same but he always had this famous saying of you've got a cord that hangs out of your hip and you, there's two possible things you can plug it into You can either plug it into misery, you can plug it into denial, running away from your problems, being uncomfortable and just kind of being in that egotistical state. There's two parts of us, there's ego and there's soul, or you can plug it into soul. And what that is, is you're plugging it in by meditating every morning, you're plugging yourself into the soul part of the divine connection and you're connecting yourself to what is actually real. 
acceptance, understanding, awareness, gratitude, and just divine inspiration because we're not alone and we do have those tools to help us. I love that, Susie. Like, I love what you said about Wayne Dyer. You know, he's one of my favorite teachers that I listen to quite often. And, you know, he, um, yeah, he, he, he has one of my favorite quotes is that if you change the way you look at things, mm. the things you look at change, you know. Okay. And he also talks about, you know, when like we are faced with adversity or challenges, you know, we can, these things either give us wounds or wisdom, depending if we want to have a victim mindset or a positive mindset, you know, when if something, say, challenges you and it's like, oh, why always me? Why does this always happen to me? And, you know, just always sitting in the problem rather than saying, right, what's the solution? Like, don't get me wrong, we're human beings, we're going to feel pain, we're going to feel anger, we're going to feel, like, frustration when we are challenged. It's okay to feel these things, but it's like trying not to wallow in it for too long and say, right, what's the next right thing I can do to do in a positive thing? Like, to feel my feelings feel my emotions, feel the challenge and feel like this situation is causing me pain or hurt or, you know, challenging me. But then to see, right, what's the next right thing I can do? What's the next right action that I can take? And, yeah, you talked a lot about spirituality and, you know, for me, I suppose for me, it's like spirituality for me, you know, is a game changer in terms of someone that's come from like, that has quite an addictive personality and was always seeking something and was always missing something in my life, you know, and I always, like, if it was, like, you know, I remember as a young kid, you know, just always feeling out of place in life, never felt I was in the right place at the right time, you know, I always felt like I was on a train and I didn't have a valid ticket, didn't feel like I fitted in in the family home, didn't feel like I fitted in the classroom, didn't feel like I fitted in on the football team, just felt like I was dropped here by fucking an alien spaceship, you know, so I always just felt odd and different and just felt like something was missing within me. You know, and I tried to, I suppose, fill that void with all the tangible things, you know, if we get enough money or, you know, if we get the marathon or using alcohol or food or just always trying to fill that void. And I'd get, like, all these things would distract me from that void temporarily, but then again, I'd be back to that, you know, inner turmoil or that inner gap within me. And then, you know, I remember meeting a spiritual teacher, you know, and he kind of, you know, was trying to help me to, get a spiritual connection. I could never quite grasp it, you know, because, like, sorry, when I heard the word uh, spirituality, I was always thinking, like, the Catholic Church, and I suppose growing up as a kid and got mom used to bring us to church, I always found, like, quite intimidating, like, you know what I mean? The priest sitting there, oh, if you ever lie, you're going to hell, and if you ever steal, you're going to hell. And I was sitting there in the church, probably just after robbing a packet of penguin bears out of the <laughs> shop, going, ah, oh, shit. And he didn't share them. <laughs> you know, I, I was filling me violence. I remember that. I'm hoping I was using penguin bears to fill that spiritual void. And, uh, you know, I remember one day going for a walk and uh, and I not seen the sunrise and just got a, con- a spiritual connection with nature, you know, and and that's how I found spirituality was via nature, you know what I mean? Every time I get into the sea, every time I'm up hiking the hills, every time I'm outdoors, I'm just seeing that wind in my face, you know, looking up at the stars, checking out the moon, you know, these are all my kind of, you know, forms of connecting with spirituality you know what I mean and uh, that was like my form of spirituality which worked for me and the, and the beautiful thing is about spirituality is that it's all inclusive you know everyone has a different way of connecting you know and it's like say how do I get to Dunleary you know I can get the bus I can cycle I can get the dirt you know we can go on my space hopper uh, I can fucking get a taxi, whatever. But there's more than one route to get there and there's not one size fits all. So it's to find your own kind of way of enlightenment, you know. But I think the important thing for me and what helps me maintain my mental health and my sobriety is, and Carl Jung talks about it in his book, The Alchemy, you know, is that when we do get that enlightenment, how you, uh, how you kind of keep it is to try and help someone else, you know, use that as a positive message to help someone else that if you... You know, be be a light in someone's dark, you know, uh, to help someone. I know that uh, someone helped me many years ago, and that's why I'm sober today, you know, and to try and, you know, uh, carry on that message and that, that message of hope, you know. But for you, what do you think led you to your your kind of your outlook today? Or how did you develop that mindset? Colm, I have to say everything you've said has just hit me in the heart bone. You have a way with words. You really, really do. And 
I really appreciate everything that you shared. But in regards to what you mentioned about victim mentality, I seen an unbelievable quote yesterday and it just reminded me of that. And it was that often our wounds are probably not our fault, but in order to heal them, it is our responsibility. Yeah, and I do. I completely like for me in my life, like, of course, exactly the same. I've always related to you on so many different levels. And of course, like life has, I believe when you're a spiritual teacher, in order to be able to be at the point of helping others, you have to experience pain. You have to go through the root of it. And since a very young age, I did have a lot of painful life lessons. I had a lot of things, you know, bullied in school and hardships and different turmoils that really, really would have tested anyone and brought me to a breaking point. And I still brought myself through it at the end of the day. You know, grief hit me very hard in life. I lost a lot of people who were very close to me. And I really feel like I remember in all the hardships I ever went through, what changed my outlook was definitely, I remember when I was 14 years of age, and I, I'm a great believer in, I think spirituality finds you. Like when you're on that path of enlightenment, you don't have to go looking for it. Like it will always be there. It will always be there in the background waiting for you. And I remember when I was 14 and going through a hard time, I remember I came home from school one day and my mom had put on my bed a book called Lorna Wern, Angels in Your Hair. And I read this book and we were always kind of, I believe religion is a stepping stone. I'm not one, I, I definitely, I'm not a religious person, I'm a spiritual person. But this book just opened up my mind to realizing that we are surrounded by these beautiful angel beings and spiritual beings that are there to help us and support us. And that really, well, my favorite angel is definitely Archangel Michael and he is the angel who ultimately is the main protector angel and he clears away negativity and he helps you and from that moment when I read that book the words jumped out at the page to me I had like nearly like a massive spiritual awakening at such a young age and I knew I was supposed to but it really helped me on my journey to realize like that we're not alone and I remember like complete another divine light and love surrounded me and entered my body and I nearly had like a, a near out-of-body experience and I knew no matter the pain that I'd go through in life that I had that extra support there and that everything was going to be okay and every single time I've ever gone through a hard time in my life I've never doubted the fact that we are so unbelievably supported and I can sit here and tell people that because I'm still sitting here nothing ever completely and utterly defeated me I defeated any problems that I've ever that's ever hit me and I've like you said your feelings are completely valid it's so important for you to sit with your emotions to not run away from them to not drink them away gamble them away have any kind of addiction we can we're all addictive people we could be addicted to get being busy we can be addicted to shopping we can be addicted to so many different things outside of ourselves but this is the thing is that we have to go within ourselves in order to heal. And we're, and once you, once you can do that, and I had my own addictions in life as well, and I had to realize that I was just looking for a feeling to fill that void, just like you said. And the second I realized that the number one void that was going to fill me up with light was source energy, was coming back to myself, the root of my truth, and realizing that any hard obstacle I ever went through in life column your pain is the best thing that will ever happen to you. And I can sit here and tell you that any hard time I have ever gone through, my hand and my heart, I am so unbelievably grateful for every single one because it made me exactly who I am today. And I often tell people who come to see me for a reading, I always say to them, think about it for a minute. Think about the best things that ever happened to you in life. Now think about the worst things and tell me honestly, what did you learn more from? What did you take away from more? And exactly, they will always say the painful lessons because from pain, you gain strength, wisdom, you gain compassion, empathy, self-love, self-awareness. You learn your boundaries. You learn other people's boundaries. You become so unbelievably protective of yourself in that moment and what you deserve. And yes, we are a center. I was only doing, I was only talking to my sister Lisa this morning and I'd done a little reading for her and I actually said to her in that reading is that 
yes, we do. We can manifest our lives. Everyone's in a great awareness of manifestation. Yes, we can ask for a certain list of things that we want to come towards us and they will come into our lives. But the thing about it is, is those painful experiences that we didn't want were just as equally important because we learn from them. We learn from the painful experiences. So I believe that our lives are planned out before we come here. We choose our main painful lessons that we've gone through because we chose to learn. We, we come here, believe me, it, it'd be deadly if we came here to just have a great time and enjoy our lives and get a yacht, wake up with a fucking win a lottery ticket in the morning. But what would you learn? We have to learn. We have to evolve. We have to be tested. We have to be triggered in order to really come into who we really are. So that's definitely the main thing. I think I went on a bit of a tangent there, but you get me by it. Why you went out for a walk there? <laughs> just... <laughs> the wobbler of the family has entered the room. We <laughs> <laughs> just went out there and left it <laughs> Went and got a coffee. Just back in there. What did I miss? I'm only joking. No, no, it was, it was, you're spot on. You know? You're spot on with the wisdom and, and the pain thing. You know, the pain is a pleasure and... You know, um, and it took me a long time to, to get my head around that. You know, I remember someone saying that to me and, you know, saying I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my pain. And I was like, how can you be grateful for your pain? How can you be grateful for the hardships and, you know, the difficult periods of your life you've been through, you know? And it's only when I look back, you know, I am so grateful for my alcoholism mm. and them tough periods that I went through because the life we have today is really, really good. And I wouldn't have that life if I hadn't, of went through that that hardship like you know what i mean and like that that like you see anyone that's in a very enlightened place or successful place the roots of that success or that enlightenment is usually pain you know and and and, and you know wisdom come, comes from pain you know and for me as a catalyst and a, and a motivator and you see people that you know go on to change their lives it's usually because they come from quite a painful place you know what I mean like if you imagine you're on the beach and the sun, like you're waiting holiday somewhere warm like car town in Wexford no I'm joking <laughs> now imagine somewhere really warm and you walk on the beach you know and the sand is so hot and you're standing there and that is so that sand is so painful and uncomfortable that it moves you that you're either going to run to the sea mm. or you're going to run to the shade and that's what I find with life that pain is growth you know pain is petrol and it motivates us to, to go in that direction that we can't just sit with it and, and, and I think the worst thing to do is to spend a life avoiding it and escaping it and denying it and numbing it and I know pain for years and you know using alcohol and all sorts of things you know just to run away from it you know what I mean and, and then it become back like tenfold but it's like saying like what is that pain there for you know what I mean and um, and any people that I, I listen to regularly and I'm really motivated by and influenced by, you know, you mentioned Wayne Dyer, you know, um, you know, who else were we talking about? We were talking about Louise Oprah, Hay. Louise Hay, Oprah, mm. Oprah Winfrey, mm. um, you know, uh, Steve Bartlett, that I listen to his podcast a good mm. bit, um, Jay Shetty, Love him. you know, like all these spiritual kind of people um, have, have been through periods in their life of extreme pain. You know what I mean? Extreme pain. Edgar Tolle, you know, The Power and Now, really good mm, book. Powerful. He talks about he's lying on his bed contemplating suicide. And with that, he has a, a spiritual awakening. Mm. And he, he comes into the present moment. And he goes on to write incredible books, which enlighten other people, you know. And it's like that, um, you know, like what we said at the start of the podcast, you don't find the light in the light. You find the light in the dark. Mm. And I've learned more about myself and more about life, more about my own character, hitting rock bottoms than we ever have on them mountaintops, mm. you know. Um, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really, when I look back at it, when I, like, like again, back to Wayne Dyer, if you change the way you look at things, the things you, you look at change, you know, if you asked me a couple of years ago about my past and my childhood and, and life, I thought, oh, I had a really difficult life, really hard mm. life, you know, but if you ask me today, that they've had an amazing life, full of challenges, full of experiences, ups and downs and, and gratitude and, and incredible things. You know, we've travelled all over the world, you know, sober, not needing a drink or a drug to have a good time. And mm. I've done, I've, I've competed in races and jiu-jitsu and all sorts of things and all stuff that I wouldn't have done 
if we hadn't went through the challenges of addiction and alcoholism, you know mm. what I mean? So it's all little simple things like that that, mm. that I'm grateful for, you know? Mm. No, I love that. And exactly everything that you're saying, like, you really inspired me a lot in life. And I think that, like, I'm I'm very lucky in the sense of that we've always had very spiritual conversations in our family. And for you, for me to see your journey as a young child and to witness that, and to see how far you have come, it's it's very, it's extremely inspirational. And it was definitely something that really taught me that you put your mind to anything and you can achieve it. And it made me, it propelled me in my journey to, to do the same thing. And exactly everything that you're saying is absolutely 100% spot on. If you could, add, if you, I always love this saying is that if your eight-year-old self could see you now, what would they say? And I'm a great believer in healing the inner child. And I've done a lot of inner child work. And I really feel as though that's something that's really stuck stuck with me. What What would your eight-year-old self say about you? My eight-year-old self would be beaming with pride. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, for me, when I was younger, I was a very, very anxious, insecure child. I used to... I didn't... I was so... I was around a lot of, a lot of different chaos and... Now, like the number one thing, one of my favorite quotes is to give yourself the love that you so freely needed as a child. And don't get me wrong, we've come from an extremely loving parent, two amazing parents that really kind of set us up for what we have now. But in that regard, I've completely healed my insecurities in every way. When I was younger and as a teenager, my one of my lowest qualities was I suffered with self-esteem. I can genuinely sit here in front of you today and say my best trait about myself is my confidence. And it's it's how I view myself. And because I learned that true spirituality is you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot expect other people to like you until you like and love yourself. That is so unbelievably important. And it, that's itself. Love is a mass journey. And it's the most it's probably the most important lesson we'll all love. the most important lesson we'll learn and it's just getting to know yourself and know your boundaries and my eight-year-old self would definitely be happy at the fact that I don't fulfill other people in I don't on my journey isn't to just fulfill other people's needs in my life look after myself first and give to others to make sure that I'm feeling good I'm my happiness is most important when you're in a relationship with someone you would have your own lives, your own happiness. And then it's important. I used to have, be a really bad people pleaser. And now my mission is to help others. But I'm able to say no if it, if it doesn't serve my, not feel guilt. And I think that's important. Affirmations as well. <gasps> oh my God, they're amazing. Literally, Louise Hay, she is the bleeding goddess of affirmations. And that's something that I do in the morning when I wake up and mirror work looking in the mirror and telling yourself that you love yourself to you know I am I am love I'm loving I'm lovable and all these different things it really makes you feel good no doubt about it I love that so yeah the ma- <coughs> sorry yeah the, the 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 positive messages and yeah it's, it's it's the little things like that you know what I mean if you can like you know if you can come to become your own best friend I think that's the goal you know and as you say when you're, you're anxious and insecure and I was the same as a kid, you know, and um, and getting that, you know, being able to become, come to a place where you do that bit of work on yourself and, and, and try to give it to others and like that, you know, I was an avid people pleaser for years, seeking approval, please just like me, you know, the disease to please, you know, um, terrified that someone mightn't like me, you know, and I think as well, you know, you know, as kids, mom moved around quite a lot, you know, and I found like going to so many different schools, I think it was 10 or 15 different schools and like had the bit of ADHD and it's dyslexic. So I always struggled to relax in a school, you know, and I I remember, I remember one time like one day the teachers in the school, you know, this was before like ADHD, I think was even a thing. Like there was just a guy, just a little bollocks on the teachers. (laughs) You know, getting some skills you go to and you'd be picked on, you know, down, you know, Mayo and Wexford and, 
you know, and just, you know, but I'm not, if I'm not accepted here, this is going to be really challenging, you know, and so I developed this belief that if I'm not accepted, you know, my life's going to be really difficult, you know, and going into a new classroom with a new bunch of kids, like just becoming this performer and this guy putting on all these masks, just so terrified that he won't be liked and won't be, you know, allowed into the tribe and, you know, and I grow, growing up with that as an adult, you know, and not knowing your identity because you're so lost in all these characters you're playing and all these yeah, masks and playing these roles. And mm. it was only when I got sober that I, I found out who I really was and mm. the type of people I want to be around, you know, people that I feel comfortable being myself around, you know, mm. and, uh, and that really helped me, you know, to be around people that I felt comfortable with, you know, because mm. around friends, you know, and with a funny guy and with a hard guy and with a football expert, you know, all these different roles I was playing mm. just to be liked and accepted, you know. But, and then when I got around with other people where I could have the deep conversations like this, you know, and, and like that, I think we're really blessed as well for the family that we have really close friends in our, within our family mm. or siblings, like, you know. Very um, open. Very open and honest and real and authentic and, you know, and I think it's important to have friendships and people in your circle like that, that you can be open and honest with and put take, take, that, take the mask off and stop playing the character and just be real with yourself, mm. you know, and um, and, that, and, that, and that for me as well is is vitally important, like, you know. Mm, it's so funny, I had to laugh there when you were saying about with the moving and stuff and obviously we used to, I used to play that to my advantage. I remember... Um, you have to get the positive and everything. <laughs> but I remember me and Eamon and Mark and we were coming, we'd be coming home from school and we'd have loads of homework and we'd have loads. We just wouldn't, you know what, we'd decide as kids, you know what, I don't know. This is getting a bit boring, this school. We, we convinced mom to move to another one. So we'd go home, we'd be like, yeah, mom, really not feeling the vibe here. I really think that you should really, you know, think about somewhere else. And she'd be like, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be gone next yeah. week. I wouldn't have to hand in all those essays, like, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but like, and I, but looking back now, we can totally see, like, like mom's perspective, you know, like that obviously dad would have suffered with mental illness. Yeah, and so I think mom would have struggled with that. And she, I think she was going to go through her own demons. And, you know, the whole geographical thing of we move into the, this house here, this will fix everything. And yeah, we move into that house. Well. And then, you know, mm. the, eventually, like, I think her feelings and emotions will catch up on her. And then she'd be like, oh, let's move into this next house over here. And we'd move into that house. And it's like everywhere you go, there you are. And I can identify mm -hmm. with that, with my alcoholism, that oh, this drink will fix me and make me feel better. I know it's the next drink and it's the next drink mm -hmm. or someone else might have a, a shopping addiction or it's the next bag or it's the next coat mm -hmm. or it's the next pair of shoes or someone else might have a workaholic or, mm -hmm. you know, or a, a food addiction. It's the next burger I eat or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and it's that principle that this the thing over here will fix me and make everything better on, mm -hmm. on the outside, you know. And again, back to Wayne Dyer, he has a, a lovely story, you know, where he's out in his garden and it's night time and he's after losing his keys and he's looking all over his front garden for them and he can't find them. And next thing a neighbour walks past and goes, what's what's up, Wayne? And he goes, I'm about to losing my keys, I'm about to dropping them. And he goes, I'll help you, I'll help you look for them. So the two of them are all over the garden scanning it. And now it passes and the neighbour says, where about in the garden did you drop your keys, do you know? And he goes, oh no, I actually didn't drop them in the garden, I, I, I dropped them in the house. And he's like, then why are you looking outside if it's on the inside, you know? And it's the same way we try and fix ourselves. Like we feel low, we feel down, we feel disconnected, we feel lonely. Mm -hmm. And we always look for the, the, the materialism or the, or the physical thing to try fill a void in the inside. And that's mm -hmm. what I learned. Healing is, is an inside job, mm -hmm. you know? And it's about getting, going that journey from your head to your heart and actually sitting with yourself and saying, mm -hmm. right, what are the things I can do to heal the inside? And when you realise when you heal the inside, the outside stuff isn't really that important anymore. Mm. It doesn't matter, you know, how many followers you get on Instagram or how many not real. how many millions you have or, you know, what type of car you're driving. You know, like, would you rather be driving around in a, like, a Fiat Punto and be delighted that you're driving around a Fiat Punto and you're so grateful for this car to be able to get from A to B and to have a car, mm. you know, or would you rather have 
a Ferrari and you're miserable because you're comparing it to your neighbour because he has a Porsche and if only you had that you'd be happy you know mm-hmm. if we want to get the Porsche you'd be happy then you get the Porsche and like if only if you get the Lamborghini you'd be happy you get the Lamborghini and mm-hmm. it's always the next thing that's going to fix you rather than saying right what am I running from mm-hmm. you know what I mean discontentment yeah. and that's exactly it and I think it's one of those things is that we live in a world where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and we're constantly looking over the neighbor's wall like you just said but yeah like if we only stopped and realized that there's seven billion people on this planet and only one of us and once you realize that nobody else in this world is like you that is your power and once you learn you can own that and own your own likes and your own interests and you know people often come to me and they say like i'm not sure and um, what I want to do in life. I'm not sure what my purpose is. And like, this is the different thing is that you always go back to, well, what's, what's your favorite hobbies? What's your favorite skills? And to go back to doing things that make you feel good, not doing things because your mom or your dad or people, society is telling you that will get you the most money, that will get you the most. It's doing what really makes you feel good. What brings you passion? What do you, what lights you up when you think about it, when you talk about it? I'm obsessed with the angel cards, you know what I mean? And obviously like I do still work full time in customer service and this is more like a side, it's a side thing that I do to help other people. But it's one of those things is that I would not, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I think about is how grateful I am for everything that I have in my life. And I love Louise Hayes meditation. Sometimes I do it. And it's such a practical meditation. And you're lying there and she's saying, think about your kitchen. Think about the running water that's coming out of your taps. How lucky are you to have water coming out of your taps? Think about the fridge that it keeps your food cold for you. Think about the the house that you have over your over your head. Think about the car, the petrol that's in the car to get you from A to B. Think about the fact that we have planes, we have trains, we have you have look at look at the I always say I listen to someone on um TikTok and she's so unbelievably inspirational her name's just completely gone out of my head and she always says that she's a very good looking girl and she says I don't have this privilege we're so privileged to not just not just about looks but to have hands and feet privilege that you have legs you have hands you have that's so much more than other people have in life and it's so important to stop and think of everything that you have. We're so quick, like you were saying about victim mentality earlier. We all do it. When we're going through pain, we sit in our pain and we think nobody else is going through what we're going through. No one else would understand. Everyone goes through pain. Everyone goes through different hardships in life. Yes, it's important to sit in it until you heal it, to really go to the uncomfortable truths. But it's so unbelievably important not to sit there, to pull yourself out of it and to open your eyes to see the littlest things. If you're not, if anyone's going through a hard time right now, that's listening to this. The number one tip that I would give you is break your life down day by day by day. You always said that to me, Colin, one of your favorite quotes, of course, a really famous AA quote, one day at a time. If you're going through a hard time right now, don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about next week. Don't think about next month. Focus on today. Focus on the now. Bring it back to mindfulness. If you're feeling really anxious, what can you see? What can you hear? What can you taste? What can you smell? Bring yourself back to your body. Take a deep breath. Practice your breath, your breathing. Bring yourself back into yourself and really ground yourself in your energy. I always call in the white light. I bring it down from the top of my head. Feel it going down your body, your shoulders, your legs. Deeply rooting yourself to the earth like you, Column. I love to see. The ocean grounds me massively. It really brings me a lot of peace and clarity. And But more than anything, Ground yourself in the moment and to ask yourself, what am I grateful for? And allow yourself to really see and open your eyes to everything that you have, that you are so lucky. Like you were speaking about mom there. And oh my God, I cannot put into words to tell you how grateful I am for having her as a mother. Mm-hmm. She is so loving. She's so full of wisdom and inspiration and just pure unconditional love. Anytime I've ever been going through a hard time, I pick up the phone, mom is always there to answer and give me advice and tips. And I think there's love in everyone. And if you've had people in your life that have hurt you, forgiveness is probably my most important lesson that I ever learned in life. Learning to accept an apology that I never received. And this is in in different situations in life. And when you forgive someone, you're not forgiving them for them. 
you're forgiving them for you because you're you're holding resentment when you're holding on holding a resentment is like holding on to a burning piece of hot coal with the intent of burning another person that you want to throw it at but you're only burning yourself so when you let go, it's so much more important and, and healing and forgiveness is a massive topic to have. But in, in any moment, if anyone's ever hurt you, rem- like you always say this column, hurt people have hurt people. So like there's pain in everyone. Everyone has a reason. And when you're healing over any kind of hurt or pain in your life, try and look at the other person. That's what my angels always say to me. Try and have compassion in your heart and look at the other person's point of view. And remember that nobody in this life is here in any way, shape or form. Like nobody is responsible for us. Everyone's on their own soul journey. You're born in this world on your own and you leave the earth on your own. And although you will have a soul tribe, you will have a soul tribe, soul mates, people who you will come around, who will help you, heal you, inspire you, uplift you so unbelievably much. But you know, one thing that I learned that really, really inspired me in this life is often the ones who hurt us the most can often be closest to us on a soul level. Because we have planned with them, we've made a contract with them to go through that experience with them in order to le- learn, heal and grow. So I always say, be grateful for the people that have hurt you in life. Make sure to send them love. When I pray in the mornings, I pray for everyone who's ever taught me a tough lesson and I, I send them love. And what that does, is it releases any resentments in you. And it's not, that's just something that has really, really helped me. I suppose the main reason why I wanted to be an angel card reader, because I want to share this wisdom with other people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's powerful, Susie. And like when you find yourself in a hard place or a dark place, what do you do to brighten it up? I so basically try not to have a mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> the breakdowns need the breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Breakdowns need the breakdowns. <laughs> breakdowns <here> today. <laughs> uh, dark place. So yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, what I would do, column in a nutshell, is if I'm ever going through a hard time. My number one thing is, when I think when I was a little girl, my granddad taught me how to pray. And that's one of my, like you were saying, I we all, there were beautiful times in our childhoods. I have amazing memories with him and with our grandparents. And I remember sitting down when I was five years of age, kneeling beside my bed, because they're obviously very religious. They're from the west of Ireland. And um, he taught me how to pray and he didn't teach me. That's what people, I know God is a really big topic to have. That, like people are can be so against it and like ultimately like I love the AA saying of focus on a higher power it doesn't have to be the conventional god but this is the thing is that the one that he taught me of from a very young age was that it the divine love and that we're protected and we're minded and I knew that from a very young age and he taught me to, to pray and anytime I ever go to a hard time that's the number one thing that I will do I will I'll pray and I'll ask for divine guidance. I'll go to a quiet place. For me, it's nature. Nature, 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 nature. Nature is, will heal you inside and out. Mother Earth, when you connect yourself, ground yourself. When If you are going through a hard time, go to nature. Go to running water. Go to a quiet place, but go to running water. And what this will do is it will ground your energy and it will take your energy. Any It will help you to release anything that doesn't serve you. So I go to nature and I pray and I have a conversation with my higher power and I will be given the answers of why I'm going through the hard time, what I have to do to get myself out of it and most importantly, what I have to learn. Because the thing about it is, and this is the way the universe works, it's a beautiful world that we live in, toxic cycles. You will keep going through the same toxic cycles until you learn the lesson. And that's the thing is that often people will always say, oh, I keep meeting the wrong people and I keep having really, I keep getting on really badly in work or I keep having the same life experiences and I don't know, there must be something seriously wrong with me. It's not that you're looking at it in, a, in the wrong way. You're not looking at what you should be doing to step off that and, and heal from it. And another thing I do as well, which is very, very powerful. If I am going through a hard time, I will get a piece of paper and I will write everything down, how I really feel today. I, one thing I'm going to say to people who are listening to this podcast, if you do, if you take anything from this, take this, it's a very practical way of healing yourself. I have a notebook and I have three sections in that notebook. The first section is my gratitude section. Every day I write 
what I'm grateful for. The second section is I write my affirmations and my manifestations. So my goals, basically what I want to get out of the day, the week, the month, six months, a year. And then the last section is the most important one. And that is how I really feel today. Because you have to get real with yourself and get that pen and piece of paper and write down all your shit. That's why I got so into poetry as a young teenager, because it helped me to take my pain and put it on a page. And often what I'll do then is I'll rip the page out and burn it. And in in a spiritual way, that just really helps you to release any negative energy from the experience that you're going through. And more than anything, I surround myself with good support system. Don't isolate yourself. And just know that life can be shy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Life. What's one thing that dad always said? Tough shit, Paddy. What did Chris Moore always say? And it's that's the thing about life. You'll go through ups and downs. That's completely normal. Yin and yang. You actually taught me this, Colm. You told me that life exists in polarity. And that's something that Eckhart Tolle always said in his book, Pair of Now. And what that is, is that good can't exist without bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, hey, can't exist without love. Everything has to exist in complete harmony in order. That's how the world works. So inevitably, we will go through those hard times. And it's not to get so hung up and fixated on that. It's really important to know that better times are coming. And often you'll go through tough lessons when blessings are about to come. So I always say to people, get excited. You're going to win the lottery. So hopefully after my mental breakdown now, yeah, give yeah. me a portion of the driveway. Yeah, boy, a few scratch cars now. Uh, that's powerful, Susie. And you're spot on. And what you said about nature as well. Like, the best teachers speak no words, you know, and I like that, like life, it's like the tide comes in and it goes out and it comes in and it goes out and it's about, it's like our energy levels, yeah, or our mood, you know, that we'll get the ups and we'll get the downs, you know, there's a winter, there's a summer, there's a night, there's a day and just, as you as you said as well, that the yin and the yang, the order, the chaos, the peace, you know, the pain and, and there's all, just calm, the chaos, you know, there's always... Mm-hmm two opposites and it's just two ends of that emotional spectrum you know what I mean and the, I think the, the hardest thing I've ever done and probably one of the most beneficial things I've ever done is, is to learn to sit with difficult emotions you know and they're like it's, it's energy you know emotions is energy you know what I mean and they come and they go and so just sit with that energy and like we all have these we all have like inner weather some days it's a sunny day in our heart some days there's a bit of rain you know some days it's, it's a blistering storm in our hearts you know and it's just to accept how that is in that day you know what i mean and take the take the umbrella aka the the gratitude list take the the welly boots the be it the sea dips or the nature take the scarf if it's the therapy or talking to a close friend you know there's Sometimes we can dress for the weather as well, you know what I mean? The weather's getting us down, we can dress for that weather. And then, you know, so whatever emotions we're feeling, you know, we can always find a way to, you know, to to, to not be alone with it. Because I think when we're going through hard times sometimes, we can isolate and we can, you know, go into ourselves and think we're the only people suffering, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's why I'm really blessed that I, like, the friends and the family and I suppose the 12-step community that you hear people that will open and honest and say look I'm going through hard times you know I get insecure I get lonely you know I get pain I get anger you know and you're hearing this stuff and you're like oh wow I'm not the only one that feels these things from time to time you know and it kind of gives you a sense of comfort that you're not strolling this journey of life on your own feeling these emotions just to yourself and no one else is and then you hear other people going through it and there's a sense of comfort in that. It's like, well, I'm not the only person that feels these things, like, you know. And uh, yeah, you were saying about resentment earlier about the hot potato. And uh, the other one I heard hot before. Hot, hot potato. Hot, 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 Colin's hot, hungry. Hot, yeah, the spud. <laughs> one the, potato, two potatoes. Put the spuds on there, Susie. And, uh, <laughs> Make yourself feel as much. And it's that thing where like resentment is like you drinking the poison and hoping the other person gets ill, mm. you know, and that's it. You know, for me, I just find like anger just Terrible. doesn't suit me. You know, anger just I'm allergic to it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like we all get angry, but I think it's how we act. You know, if you're angry and you're you know beeping the horn in the traffic jam or you're taking it out with some poor devil that works in Tesco or, you know, carrying them hot potatoes and just throwing them at the wrong people you know, isn't how you deal with anger, you know what I mean? And I find that through meditation that I learned emotional control that, you know, my emotions don't influence my actions anymore. You know, we used to be so, 
I used to never feel my feelings. I do my feelings. You know, if I was going through extreme pain or turmoil, I'd, I'd do something mental, like I quit my job, or I'd, I'm saying moving to Dubai, or I'd buy a new car, or, you know, I do, do an action to distract me, you know. And, you know, so I've no emotional control. Whereas today, if I feel something, I, I can sit with it. I don't have to run away from it. And it's a very, it's a very hard thing to do, you know, to sit with uncomfortable feelings because through society, you know, we're kind of conditioned to, you know, you always have to be happy and smiley and lovely white mm-hmm. tea. And, you know, the Instagram lifestyle or the, the, the Hollywood lifestyle where everyone's happy and it's a happy ending and happy, happily ever after. And, you know, it's not like, it's not the case, you know what I mean? That there is going to be times when we feel low, we feel down and just say that that's okay. It's perfectly normal to feel like that. It's mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, saying it's it's okay not to be okay, you know, and if you feel not okay, that's cool, you know, and like we were saying earlier about the victim things, like don't let it, be, don't become a victim of it. Like take what are the steps you can do to come out of that, like, you know what I mean? Like, can you open up to someone? Can you talk to someone? Can you reach out for help somehow? You know what I mean? And there is so many things out there when when we reach out to it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm really blessed for the spiritual connection that I have. If I have things going on in my life that I'm powerless over, I just ask the universe, hey, universe, you take care of this. You know what I mean? Because... I'm, one of, I'm a real problem solver in my head. If there's something going on, I have to try and fix it right away. How can I fix this thing right now? You know, and, you know, and, and realising that life is, life's a slow boat. You know, life is a slow burner. And for me, recovery and sobriety is a slow burner. You know, so when you, I got sober first, I was expecting to feel amazing immediately, you know. Mm. And what I found out, like the only thing that's instant in sobriety is the coffee. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything else is slow. It's, it's a slow healer. You know, and, and and for someone that has an addictive background, you know, I wasn't used to that because I was so used to the quick gratification. You know, mm-hmm. if I take this drink, I'll feel this feeling instantly. If I eat this sugar, I'll feel a high straight away. If I drink this whiskey, I'll get an immediate buzz, you know. So I'm so used to hit, press the button and I'm getting an immediate result, you know. And then you get, when I got sober, it was like, slow and sit with pain and this too shall pass and one day at a time and I was like oh I need I want to feel better yesterday you know mm-hmm. and 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 slowly getting used to that lifestyle and you know just that gentle slow way of living and I love that I love the slow pace today I love you know calmness and and um, you know tranquility and just a gentle way of living and, and I'm all about that I gravitate towards that and I gravitate towards them type of people like mm-hmm. and, and sorry and just the other thing you brought up as well was about the type of people that we attract in our lives and yeah mm-hmm. the universe is a mirror you know that mm-hmm. how we are is and the are like if the, how we are is the type of people we'll attract into our life mm-hmm. you know what I mean that if you don't see worth in you you'll attract people that don't see worth in you when you start doing that work on yourself you know you attract better people you know you attract better friendships and relationships you know and it's like that you know as I heard someone say before you don't ignore the red flags just paint them green you yeah. know and it, and it was like we've that. all been there yeah, we've all Jesus. that's another podcast yeah. <laughs> saved that for next week <laughs> the red flags um, but um, and that's the thing you know uh, and then when we start doing that walking around we stop craving the drama and the you know the the chaos and the madness and, and we just want the, the calmness and stability you know and normal function and friendships and relationships you know and um yeah you know and that's that's part of the healing journey as well mm. i love everything you said there colin and i loved what you said about mirrors exactly that everyone is a mirror to you and this is the things we don't realize is that often the people that trigger us the most are often they're triggering tri- trigger, triggering us because we have something deep rooted in us that we need to heal from that experience. And I always say that if you are attracting people in your life that aren't really loving you, that's because you really deeply have to love yourself. And another thing that I wanted to mention there as well is something that Oprah Winfrey often shared. And it's something that really helps me in life to just have more of a black and white mindset when it comes to life and not take it so seriously. And it's about divine intervention. I love divine intervention, mm. but it, it can be. So basically what the story goes is that if you are in a job, if you are in a relationship, if you are living somewhere or doing something that you are not supposed to do, the divine intervention, it works in three phases, right? So the first phase is the whisper. 
All right. So the whisper is you'll get a good feeling. Okay, something feels off here. I don't like how this person is making me feel or this job. I don't know. I've got a bit of a weird vibe there or the house. I don't know. There's just something I can't put my finger on it. What do we do? We're human. We don't like change because it makes us uncomfortable and makes us grow. We ignore it. Right. So then you go on to the next phase. That is the universal slap. Right. So the universal slap then is what will happen is the universe is trying to get you where you're supposed to go. This is the whole reason for divine intervention. The universal slap then is you'll have a really uncomfortable experience in the relationship that isn't really ignorable. You know what I mean? It will be like shouting in your face about it. Like say in, in work, you might have a, have a fight with your boss or you might be so unbelievably unhappy, something that you physically can't ignore. The signs are there. Do you know what I mean? Or in your house, a bleeding, you know, you will start, paintings will start falling off the wall, the house and commit, you will start, <laughs> will start trying to get you to, to leave. Like, do you know what I mean? I'll start talking, making up rumors about you. But what do we do? We don't like com- uncomfortable change. We'll stay in every single situation. So at that stage, then, this is my favorite one, the universal brick, right? Love the universal brick, I do. So you have to understand when everything that I'm saying here, the universe is just trying to get you to where you're meant to go. And if we don't physically move, they will move you. This is what this is about. So the universal brick is you'll either get broken up with, you'll have absolutely no way whatsoever. They'll do something that you cannot not walk away from. You'd want to be absolutely mad if you don't. You get fired from your job or you'll physically have to leave your house. I'm going to say the house isn't going to burn down. We're not going to put that in there. But something will happen that you physically don't have a choice and you'll be swept up off your feet and you'll be crying, you'll be heartbroken, you'll be in turmoil. Why is this happening to me? What's going on? A couple of weeks down the line, you're the happiest version of yourself. Yeah. You're in the best place you ever possibly could be. You meet someone that is the fucking absolute most amazing person. You, But the most important thing is to meet yourself. Relationships aren't to be all and end all. You'll get... you'll get the best job you've ever had, you'll move into the best place you've ever meant to be. So often we can be our greatest obstacle in life because we sometimes, we push away change. We fear those uncomfortable, you're, listen to your intuition. You don't have to go, me as an angel card reader, the first thing I always say to people that come to me is, you don't have to go to an angel card reader or a psychic to find out things about your life. We're all psychic. Mm. We all have that built-in intuition in us. We all know it's wrote within the walls of your heart, your divine life purpose. We know, but sometimes we're blocking ourselves, like you're saying, Colm, with drinking, with gambling, with sex, with social media, with all these outside things of ourselves. We're blocking ourselves from our truth. And that's why it's so important to get to know yourself and you'll find all the answers. You have the key. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that, Susie. Do you want to do a live... Uh Angel card read. I thought you'd never ask. Speaking of psychics, would you read my card to me? I'm not paying though. I don't know now, Colin. Like, you know, we never talked about this before. Like, you know, we're saying, like, just so you know, I'm going to be charging you for the advice I've just given you. I'm joking. Yeah, no, I love all that, what you said, Susie. It is, it's so true. And sometimes, Sometimes when we don't know the answer to something, it's the, I find meditation is a great way of, we get this intuitive idea or like a, a divine Google Maps where it's like, I'm at A and I need to get the B and I don't know how to get the B and it's wrecking my head, what can I do? And you just, some days, you know, do a bit of meditation and I could go for a run, could go for a swim or just journaling or whatever. And next thing, the idea comes to me. I just get this intuitive kind of divine thought oh yeah that's what i'll do this is the action i'll take you know and that's what i love when you kind of just relax if you don't know what to do do nothing meditate yeah, on that. it relax journal on it like the right decision and choice will come to you you know what 100%. i mean when you plug into that you know and i love that is like even like the first step with the 12 steps i have a very great connection with them and like the first step is you are powerless over everything in your life and like this is the thing is to like that universe the creator god whatever you feel comfortable calling it it's in control we are not in control of our lives and yet we we can become control freaks and we worry and we stress and that's like i always explain it like this euphemism is that 
it's like swimming it like for me and you i love to see dips they release me they heal me i also forgot to mention them but like worrying and being in fear and trying to control your life and get it to be to get yourself to go where you're meant to be it's like swimming up against the current in a river it's it's you're just going to cause yourself so much extra stress hassle bother whereas if you just let go and let yourself be taken to where you're supposed to go and you know, you'll get to beautiful places. Trust in that universe, trust in that yeah. spirit. And like, say, if I'm at the stage now, if I miss a train, if I, like, if my phone breaks, if I, if I lose something or if someone walks out of my life, I am so unbelievably sure that none of that stuff is meant to happen. Nothing mm. happens by chance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I'll... Getting the cards, bless her, Colin. We'll have a podcast Angel, Angel Poker. Angel Poker. So she has a pack of angel cards here and it's called uh, Daily Guidance from Your Angels. These are actually my favourite cards. My friend Michelle gave them to me and uh, I absolutely love them. So just to give you just a quick, so put your two feet on the floor for me, Colin. Okay. All right. I say it's Colin before this reading and we've done all that. We've cleansed our energies. But just to give a quick insight into oracle cards. So the cards that I do, I don't do tarot cards. I do oracle cards because they can only tell you the positive. And I believe that when you know about the positive things in your life, it pushes you into manifesting them quicker in your life. So that's why you can only get positive reads. You can only get positive cards. Okay. So um, ultimately, it's just to know that your angels are always trying to contact you, Colin. All right. So they're always trying to give you messages about what you're supposed to do in life and how you're supposed to do it your spirits we're surrounded by spirits we're surrounded by all this energy just trying to help us and angel cards is just a way for them to get those messages to you all right okay. so i'm gonna call Seems them the white light and then relax myself and relax you i'll we'll pull out a few cards yeah and as i'm doing the cards the cards are pulled out it's not something that i pick them out i'll just bless them quickly okay column is Colin going to win the lottery? Is, give a half to me. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of numbers that be up there. Okay. That's gas. Mm. Look at the first card that came in. Family. Oh, that's, that's mad. I'll so, read. Will I read it or you read it? I'll read it out now. Okay. So, I'll, so I'll, just do two, will we? Yeah, we'll so just do two. Yeah, that's grand. Uh, right. So, so, family. So, family, all two right? Two came out. So, one came out was family and the other one says, have confidence. Isn't that mad? Like, Bizarre. what were we literally talking about the whole podcast? Outrageous. Right, so, column. let me read this card out to you, all right? Family. This situation is rooted in an emotional experience with a family member, which we can help you understand and heal. In your mind and heart, surround this person yourself in the experience with calming blue light and many angels. Be open to the gifts within this situation and allow yourself to feel peace. So, column. you come, obviously, we're, me and you, we are family, we're sitting here, we're sharing this experience. But to me, what this card signifies is something so unbelievably special is that I am very, very grateful that I, I get to have you as a brother and that I've witnessed all your turmoils and obstacles and seen you come out 10 million times over the other side. And I think that that is ultimately something that is so unbelievably special. And to you as well, family is something that is also going to help you to be the best version of yourself. And remember that we our family is chosen for us for a reason so appreciate your families but that's what that card signifies that's beautiful Susie and I'm very grateful for you as well you know and Thanks how so far much. you've come and yeah your own turmoils and how you've turned that around to help other people you know what I mean you're, uh, you're an absolute like yeah, incredible human being and we're, ah, all, we're all blessed to have Susie Poo in our lives Susie Poozie I thought that nickname would have gone out <laughs> by now my dad gave me that when I was about three Right, so right. what's the next one? The next one, have confidence. Okay. All right. So moving forward does not necessarily require you to have confidence in yourself. Confidence in God is enough. Along with knowing that God works through you and with you in all ways. Lean upon us if your confidence wavers and we will buoy your courage and your faith. And that's the main message of this podcast today was basically speaking about how to use the spiritual tools in order to build your self-esteem, self-worth, self-value, self-awareness. And isn't that mad? And mm. that's what that card signifies is trust in that higher power. Trust in knowing that you're doing amazing in life, column. You are an inspiration to so many people and have confidence in everything that you're doing because you're already enough. All right. And that's what your that. rangers want you to know today. 
I love that, Susie. You're welcome. It's been an absolutely pleasure talking to you. An absolute pleasure. And as I said, I love you very much. And uh, we're all grateful to have you. And yeah, Susie, thanks for coming on to the podcast with you. Thank you so much thanks for having for your me. Positivity. I'm very grateful. If anyone wants life. any positive quotes or anything, follow my Instagram page. I forget the name of it. Susie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll share more stuff. But thanks so much for having me, Colm. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah. Beautiful. So if people want to get in touch with you, Susie Angels on Instagram. Susie's underscore Angels 444. 444. Right. So check out Susie on the gram. Get your angel cards read and just that positive energy. She's an absolute legend. Susie, boolabos. Thanks very much.